Thanks for coming to hang out with us today. Ruck Up Buttercup is a podcast hosted by Deployed Love. We chat about real things that military families deal with and help you to love the call to action. So you know the drill. Ruck Up Buttercup! Hey everybody, welcome back. I hope your January has been going great, that your goals that you talked about in our last podcast are continuing to go in the right direction. And again, like we talked about, if that's not the case, just take a step back and then get back on to those goals. But we are recording our second episode for this month. Today, we have another great girl who has joined us from our listening community, and she's excited to be here with us today. And we're going to talk about kind of an underrepresented part of the military community, and that is the girlfriends who are part of the military community, still have to deal with all the things we deal with, but sometimes don't get like the benefits and the support that they do. So we wanted to bring someone on. Caitlin, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Just kind of tell us a little bit about you, your kind of your life through the military so far and how it's been treating you, I guess. Sure. So my name is Caitlin. I am originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I moved here to be with my boyfriend who is in the Air Force. He's stationed at Shaw Air Force Base. I moved here October of 2021 and he's been here for over four years. I joined him and it's been definitely an awakening experience. When I first moved here, I was a DOD civilian working on the base. So I worked in the Arts and Crafts Center and I got really firsthand experience about the military lifestyle right off the gate, right out of the jump, you know, and it's been on the ride since. It's been about a year and a half. So loving every day. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. How'd you guys meet then? So if you guys were in different places. Yeah, so I've actually known him since I was four. He is from the same hometown as me. My mom went to high school with his dad, his mom, his stepdad, his aunt, kind of everybody, small town problems. Um, (laughs) We dated in high school, and then he was going into the military, and I wasn't sure if I wanted that, and we broke up, and then we reconnected. We've always been friends. I've been very close to this family my whole life, and reconnected, and then I moved down here and been the same ever since. (laughs) That's cute. It's interesting to see those who have been together a really long time and those who meet towards like, you know, in that transition, you see a lot of girlfriends who are either going to be like, they just met them, they're going off to basic. And then you see the girlfriends who have been with them like a couple years or for a really, really long time before the um, transition into the military life. I said the same thing. I met my husband in high school. And I was like, I don't want to marry a soldier. I grew up military. I was like, never ever, ever, ever. Am I going to marry a soldier? I hated it. And then, yeah, no, I mean, that was 16 years ago, 17 years ago. (laughs) And, you know, I I think that helps build a really strong connection when you have that kind of connection beforehand and you're willing to go through those steps altogether. Yeah, for sure. I'm really, you know, I definitely feel like I missed out on certain things and I regret definitely looking back saying, darn, I wish I was part of your life when this stuff was happening to know how you got to this point in the military. But at the same time, I'm glad that, you know, we had that time apart because I felt like I became the person I needed to be. And I was able to establish myself before reconnecting with him. And I hope and believe he was able to do the same. So I think it worked out for us in the long run. Sometimes I still regret it. <laughs> no, I think I love that because that's very similar to my story, but I didn't have, I, I did have the chance to kind of establish myself, I guess, because my, my husband and I met in high school. We've been friends through high school. We never dated 
until later, but he had done basic training when he came back over Christmas break is when we like started hanging out and we're like, Oh, you know, let, let's give this a try. So I did the girlfriend thing through AIT and through six to nine months. No, I think it was about nine months of his first duty station. So, and that was long to, to distance, very long distance because he was in Hawaii. Definitely learned from that. But I think the fact that we knew each other and it was kind of a different perspective because I didn't get to meet him when he was already in the military. I knew him and got to see how he had grown up and changed. When he came back from basic training and we started talking again, I was like, this is not the same goofy kid that I used to hang out with. This He has grown into himself, has learned to be mature and to be you know, I mean, follow rules to whatever extent. <laughs> As we're married now, I'm like, mm, was he? You get a different perspective because if you have, I think if you went through the whole basic training with him, it would also be different because it's you would have different. been just like very, very attached and you didn't have that chance for him to just kind of develop on his own and you to develop on your own and realize that that connection was there afterwards. Yeah. It, yeah. It's I definitely feel that. Yeah. It's, um it's different because that's how we were you know I was with Jeremy when he went through basic you know he didn't go right away after graduating high school he he did go to uh, Virginia Military Institute for a little over a year and then just decided that he just didn't want to do that he just wanted to enlist and you know start 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 his career in the military and so we went through basic we went through AIT we went through jump school and it was really weird because like you know we had been together for going on two and a half years at that point when he, when that, when that happened. And so like, you know, it was really weird having that only communication of like letters. I mean, like I still have his handwritten letters from basic and AIT and then, you know, not getting to talk to him every single day and, you know, talk to him about like, you know, I was in school, so finals and things like that. It was really, really, really frustrating. And I can see how, you know, if you are going through that situation now, it's very different because we're so used to the technology and we're so used to tech to having cell phones and social media. That's still not really, that's still not allowed. I mean, I could be wrong. Like I said, it's been 16, 16 years since he went to basic, but having constant contact with someone and then going from a hundred percent to zero percent can feel weird. And they're going through a lot. Like they're, they're going to be telling you like your girlfriend's cheating on you. I mean, my husband said that, like, he's just like, they're telling me that you're cheating on me. And he's like, I know I don't believe it, but it makes me worry because you're at school and you're going to games and you're going to parties and living two different you know, lives. You really it's were. two different lives. And, yeah. you know, you said you, you, you definitely resented things. And I a hundred percent, like, even though you guys were kind of separated during that time, I felt like I missed out on so much stuff because I was, I was like, I'm not going to parties. I'm not doing that stuff because I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And, you know, I don't want you to feel that way. You know, I was very cautious about who I hung out with. Like, you know, I had guy friends that were, I was in class with, but like, I made sure that if I was in a photo with anybody, I was with like other females and just so he wouldn't get upset and him knowing that that wasn't what was happening just knowing that someone was like whispering that in his ear, knowing that that wasn't what was happening. I just didn't want to give him any, like, I definitely felt like, you know, because we were so young and we went through all that, like it was, you know, we didn't get to really, like, he didn't get to experience college years. So I guess we're kind of in the same boat for me and him. Like, you know, I felt like I didn't really experience college like I should have, but then again, I look back and I'm like, well, he definitely didn't get any college experience. So it's one of those things where I feel like a different, I think it depends on the personality too. And I think it's different when you have someone who, when you're much older in life, 
like we see a lot of people, we talked about this in the last podcast, we see a lot of people going into the military later in their adulthood. So like in their later 20s. And I feel like everyone is at a different stage in that part too. So like, you know, if your girlfriend who's just waiting around, like you have your own life, you have your career, you have all this stuff. And then, you know, eventually you may have to, you know, give those up. And I'm using air quotes. No, I don't know why I'm doing that because no one can see me. But, (laughs) you know, a lot of times we do have to give those things up. So um, it could feel like you are kind of changing to be that girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I came into this so far in. He signed a six-year contract. So I came in, you know, at almost five years into that. And I gave up a lot, you know. I mean, I gave up our, all of our family with mine and his are all back home. Our friends, I had a career. I didn't go to college in the typical sense. I worked right out of high school. I'm in the marketing and graphic design field. And I've always worked in that career. And I've worked really hard to, you know, make a career for myself without having that degree. And I had connections and I had really my, my freelance business was growing. My, my full-time job was growing and I, I felt I was in a great place. I had an apartment, you know, I'd worked hard for that. And I wouldn't call it necessarily a sacrifice in the sense of like, I love my life down here. I wouldn't trade it for the world, but at the same time I gave up a lot. And as amazing, I have amazing friends down here and I have great support and I have a great job now, but it's taken I said, I moved here in October, so I'm about a year, a little over a year in, and I just now kind of feel like I have that set up back, and even some things are still missing, and so I still need to work on that, but yeah, I mean, no matter what part of stage you you join, whether you're a military member or a spouse or a girlfriend, you're going to have to sacrifice something at some point. Uh, that's just the game in the game with the military, and I'm lucky in the sense that I'm not a military member, so I didn't maybe have to give up as much of that off the bat. It was a willing choice. Like, I chose to follow this. I chose to follow him. I don't regret it, but it definitely, you give up a lot regardless in the military lifestyle. Have you, so being a spouse, being down there, um, this might be a little different for us because you said he was in the Air Force. So I, I, I know that each each branch is a little different. Have you gone through a deployment with him as a girlfriend? Do you guys live together? I have. That should be my question. Yes. Do you guys live together? Okay. Yeah. So when I moved here, he actually bought a house three months or four months before I moved here. We only moved back in together like three or four months after reconnecting. But because of our history, it seamlessly kind of transitioned. My lease was ending. He had just bought a house that had room. And, you know, we decided it made the most sense at that time for me to move in. So I moved in. We've lived together since. um, And he was deployed in July. He went to Saudi Arabia. And I was very lucky in the sense that it was only a four month deployment. He came home in October. Um, so we went through that together and then he was deployed to Afghanistan right before COVID. So 2019 and 2020. So he went through all of that by himself. I was with him his last deployment. How do you. And the, T- and the TDY and the okay. TDY for two weeks. Yeah. How do you feel like you've been supported of as a girlfriend? Like, have you had support from military like organizations or anything? Nah, no, okay. not the military organizations. Like I said, being that I worked on base for about six months when I first moved, I had some connections with some with my coworkers who were military spouses, like long-term husbands already retired or whatever. So I had some um, older friends who kind of took me under their wing that when he left, I wasn't working there anymore, but I still was contact with them, but I had no opportunities available to me other than I, I did know, and I do know my key spouses 
One of them I know personally, just through some of my freelance business and through my boyfriend's friends. So I felt that I was included in the squadron, like spouses events and groups. If I wanted to be, that was about the extent of it from base. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that's like the major biggest change over the last how many years it's been when I was technically a girlfriend, because we didn't get married right away. We got married a year after his first like year like in service so he was like went through basically all that and then did a year of service and then we got married and he went through a deployment during that time he deployed to Iraq for 12 months and you know usually it's up to command teams to whether or not they include everybody but I have noticed in the more recent times that they are allowing because it used to be mothers fathers or spouses and that was it like if you were a girlfriend if you're a fiance or whatever you were like they would not talk to you. They would not contact you. They would not give you information. And so like, it really sucked for me because I had to relay, like I had to get all of my information from my mother-in-law. Like everything went through her and I just had to wait for her to be kind enough to tell me what was happening. Even though we had been together for four years, it was one of those things where it was just like, okay, I'm really glad that they've, they've changed that mindset to whoever the soldier wants. Well, to, to be fair, to be fair, I had to go find it. Right. Like it was very much like not offered. It wasn't, it wasn't like they came to me. It, it, to give my boyfriend credit, it's not his job to find that. You know, he's new to this also. And he's very much, I know what I know kind of mentality just because of his work. And so I had to find those groups and I had to, I don't think if I would have just requested to join the group, even though I knew his squadron, I knew his rank, I could tell him exactly who he was. They would not have accepted me, I don't think, if I didn't personally know somebody who invited me into it. Yeah. And like I, I like I said, I don't know how the Air Force does it. I know that in the Army, um, so it used to be called FRG Center, Family Readiness Group. Mm-hmm. In recent years, they've changed that to SFRD, which is Soldier Family Readiness Group, because soldiers, single soldiers who were technically married were not getting the same information to relay to those people that they cared about. And so now Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's a training, like anytime before deployment, things like that, they're supposed to be like told like, Hey, like, you know, make sure you have the roster who your next of kin rostered point is. Obviously you can only pick one. So you have to make sure you choose who that person is. But I mean, if you want your girlfriend, your fiance on there, you can do that. Just, you know, make sure you, you know, communicate with your family members that this is who you have on that list. And it's interesting because like, I feel like our soldiers don't really think about it. They don't think about having that information ready for you guys, whether you're a spouse or a girlfriend. Yeah, I think that also comes down to is when you do get married, you they go through the whole like in processing part. And that's where they really push them into that, like that family group stuff. Like, getting them that information saying, this is when the meetings are, this is, you know, this is what's important about this. And as a, just having a girlfriend, he maybe just kind of wants to keep that, you know, that's his, his personal life and this is his work life. And it kind of is a different situation when they're in that situation. And I also know there is some within the military community that look at FRG and they're like, nah, we're not going to participate. And they just don't even aren't interested in getting their spouse involved. That's kind of us. We're very, we're very on the back end of things. Like we're very on the outskirts. You know, we have our people. We try not to get overly involved. We don't have kids. We, not to say we don't, we have a sense of, but we're very outskirts of all the base activities. We don't participate in a lot of things. But at the same time, like I was not his next of kin. I live in his house with him. I was not power of attorney. Like God forbid something were to happen to him. I would have no rights and no responsibilities to anything. And that's 
that's a scary thought. And luckily we had communication and we could able to text and all that. And luckily I'm close to this family and I would never, they would never do anything to hurt me, but death changes people. And you don't know how you're going to act. You don't know how people are going to act. And you just never know what could happen. So it was really scary for me. Like knowing I don't get information first, knowing I have no rights to the house that I live in. Like my whole life here could get uprooted if he's, if something were to happen to him because I don't have any rights. That was a hard thing. That is a scary thought because I kind of had similar thoughts. I'm not going to know anything. I was already kind of had a rocky relationship with his mom at the time. And so it could definitely put a strain on on relationships, especially if you are counting on that other person to relay that information Mm -hmm. to you or vice versa. Yeah. And like my, like I said, we have great friends and most of them, most of the husbands, they're all married do the same thing my boyfriend does. They know each other from work at the beginning. But then when you deploy, my boyfriend moves shops. So what information I was getting, like you have the whole OPSEC and all that, and information I was getting from my friends about what their husbands were telling them was contradicting what my boyfriend was saying by nobody's fault, but the fact that they don't, they're not in the same boat. I was going to say, yeah, Yeah. that's military communication. That's just, that's always going to be the case. Mm-hmm. yeah and then like coming home for instance so I don't have base access anymore after I left my job I didn't have base access so his homecoming changed as everybody knows in the military time never stays the same but when the time for his homecoming was supposed to be like a Saturday morning uh, we have some good friends who weren't deployed that were going to take me on the base and like you know be there and support me for the homecoming and then the time that moved to like 1 a.m and my friend's pregnant, and I couldn't ask, I was like, I can't ask them to do this. I'm sure they absolutely would have. I'm not saying they wouldn't, but I was like, I can't ask them to take me on the base for this. And then it turns out, like, we could have gotten my name on a list, have access for the homecoming, but we didn't do it because I had people getting me on. So then it was like a last minute, like, contacting the first shirt and talking to the key spouses and be like, can I still get on this list because the time's changing? And it was just like a whole chaotic thing. And then the stress of the day comes. My friends and I all hang out. We go to base together in our own cars. And I don't know if I'm on the list. So it's like, am I going to get onto base right now to see him? Or is he going to have to walk to the visitor center and I'm going to pick him up there? It's just that you never know. They can change it at any point. So like you have no security in the sense of if you need something, you can get something. Yeah, I didn't even think about that because, like, here at Bragg, anybody can get on base. They just have to go to the visitor center. They don't have to have, like, a service member to um, sign them in. And I kind of always forget that at, like, smaller bases, like, especially, like, you either have to have a service member with you to get you a pass or you have to have an ID. You have Um, an ID or you have to have a pre-signed pass. So, like, I did have at one point, like, they were able to, like, like, call in a pass for me and I was able to go get it and then go on to base, but it's limited. Yeah. yeah struggle for sure I was gonna say yeah. I remember being that girl's girlfriend and when we went to visit I we stayed at the hotel in Hawaii and I went to when we got engaged the trip that I came out to visit in there and I couldn't go anywhere because I was on base and if I left base I was not going to be able to get back to the hotel I couldn't go mm-hmm. to the commissary and buy myself a snack I couldn't go to the shopette and buy myself a snack like I couldn't go anywhere I was just like I'm here in a hotel all day long while he's at shift. But I could when I first moved. That's the other hard thing is when I moved here and I first like six months, I had a CAC. Yeah. See, I was going to say I didn't experience that because I still had a military ID because I was still technically a military kid because my parents were still Mm -hmm. active duty. 
I didn't even think about that. Like how hard that would be if you didn't have any access to the military on how that would be. Yeah. So I couldn't go to base. I couldn't, we don't shop at the commissary anyway, but I couldn't go if I needed to. I couldn't go to the shop at, we had like town hall meetings before they deployed. And my boyfriend was on swing shifts. So he was overnights. So if he was at work, I couldn't go to that meeting if I wanted to, because I couldn't get onto base. But I had all those resources when I first moved. So I was used to getting onto base. The Air Force pretty much just recently, when I was working there, switched over to civilian DOD members can shop at the commissary and the, and the shop bed. And they loosened the restrictions. So I did have access to more things, but then I lost it all. So it was like, oh, do you want to go do this? Well, I can if you take me. I can't, I can't go myself. And I don't, I don't need it often. I don't find myself missing that access. But when he was deployed, I did. So you've said that you guys have been together for quite a while too. So is there a reason that you guys have decided to just kind of keep it in that section? I know that the, that's probably a lot of why the FRD has changed because I think a lot of people choose to just have relationships where they don't have to be married in order to be together. But I know also on the military side, like the reason ours was rushed is because we needed that access. We need to be able to move together. We needed to be able to live together. Well, I think that's the biggest thing is, I don't know about the Air Force, but for the Army, it's it's pretty much required. Like a single soldier has to live in the barracks until they hit a certain rank or if they're married. So like that was us. Like, you know, we had been together for years and, you know, we were like, oh, let's wait until like, you know, you graduate college. And it's like, well, you're stationed here at home. Like, cause he ended up getting stationed here at Bragg and I was still here And I was just like, let's just get married so we can at least get an apartment together. Like, you don't have to live in the barracks. I don't have to live at home because, you know, we're trying to save money or whatnot. So I definitely think that, you know, I know that's why there's such a heavy presence of people getting married so young is so that the soldiers can get out of the barracks. It was absolutely that for me because he was in Hawaii. I, if I, we hadn't gotten engaged and gotten married as quickly as we did, I would have been spending the entire tour alone back home living my own life like we would have been two two totally different lives that we'd had to just continue to live because i the only way for me to stay in hawaii was for us to get married so that he could get housing because i couldn't afford a house in hawaii i mean i don't think anybody that's 19 can afford that so like it was either we marry really really quickly and we just get the process going or we just live separately so yeah. So in the Air Force, as my knowledge is limited, I will be the first person to say I do not know all the military rules. I haven't tried. I haven't even conquered it. But you can move out of the dorms at a certain point. I don't remember what the rank is, but you don't have to be married. That I know. So before I moved here, before we bought the house, he was living in apartments. He was off base pretty much as soon as he was able to. Um, in regards to marriage, I think, you know, we're just taking our time. We're both 24, pretty young in the non-military mm-hmm. world. Um, for all that stuff. And <laughs> yeah, and you're not military. I mean, for military, we're old at this point for not being married. But um, it's at the point, I think, where we moved in together so quickly after reconnecting that I just think we're, you know, enjoying each stage of our relationship now as best we can because we didn't get to experience. I mean, we were long distance for a few months, but that's nothing. I'm ready to get married. <laughs> So <laughs> hopefully this year we get engagement. I don't know. But no, I just think we're taking our time and we don't want to rush anything. We did have a conversation regarding um, when I first moved here, he was, there was a list coming up for Korea for a year was happening around that time. We were pretty sure he was going to end up on that list just due to the ranks they needed and the time he's been at Shaw. And we did have a conversation that, you know, if he were to get stationed somewhere for a year or more, 
we might we were looking at possibly in courthouse married and announcing like an engagement but being legally married um, for military purposes but other than that we haven't really thought about it after the last deployment I was like we're so stupid at this point like we're missing out on all the separation pay like <laughs> that part, and we, yeah. yeah we don't have kids so I mean we're not losing anything on that so I just think it's we're just taking our time and I we're I'm ready it's not yet but he's been at Shaw he's been at Shaw this whole time so the so question now is on, like a, on a move at some point soon we I would think so his contract ends in August we <laughs> we don't know right now <laughs> um so he came in for six years and the conversation was always I'm not staying in for a full 20 I'm doing it to get my you know experience and then I'm gonna get out and do other things and then he made staff sergeant rank and I don't know again not know with military but at a certain point I know you can extend for a year with certain stipulations I think he's going to extend for a year at least just to get a sense of his new responsibilities and the job in the new rank and just get a feel for it and then go from there he's talked about 20 a little bit like 20 years but I don't know because everything changes so it's always again. changing it's never it's not it going changes to change. so many times <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I think we stayed in so much longer than we expected to and we're out so it's hard to our change I was gonna say like ours has changed at least five times this year so or well like in yeah. 2022 like at least five times I mean now my husband is to the point where like he will do 20 but like he was at the point where like okay but what's my next step in for the next five years yeah. well 20. he was looking at so my boyfriend's an f-16 and maintenance um so he loves working on the planes he loves the jets he loves the maintenance and um as i'm sure you guys are familiar with the higher rank you get the more office responsibilities you have and more like in charge versus like hands-on work and he loves doing the job he likes working with his hands he loves the physical part of the job so for him he doesn't want troops he doesn't want like to deal with people he wants to do his work and so I think that was the motivation for him wanting to get out so he could do the maintenance in a different sense. But as again, I'm sure you know, the real world's, world's scary. I mean, the lack of security and not knowing what's going to happen. And the like, you don't know if you're going to have to pay, you don't know if you're going to have a job, the housing, all that. So I think that kind of held him back a little bit from making that decision to get out because he was looking at skill bridging. But his last deployment kind of like they didn't cross over but kind of like hit right up when he would need to skill bridge and he wasn't prepared for the skill bridge when he got back to get out for that six months so that kind of switched things up a little bit for him in that sense but if he extends for a year he'll be in for seven and then say he's had another contract for four years and he'll be, be in for like 11 12 years and at then that you might point, as well that's the, yeah he's like I might as well finish my 20 then at that point because I've been here for so long and that's fair yeah but I have a very like good mindset about like him choosing when I when I chose to be with him I knew he was in the military I knew this was his life I knew this was his career and I didn't know he wanted to get out so because I came in when I did I came with the mindset of this was your life your the decision has to come from you I'll support you. I'll give you my opinion. Do I want to stay in for 20? No. Like, do I want that to be our life? No. But at the end of the day, if that's what you choose, I can't be mad at you for that or hold it against you because I knew what I was coming into. And so I'll give him my opinion. We we really want property. We want land. We want to build a home. We want a homestead. And we want like a small farm. 
we can't do that if he stays in. I want kids eventually. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Stay-at-home moms, God bless them. I don't want that. I need to get out of my house. <laughs> but I feel like knowing my personality and knowing like my livelihood, if he stays in, I feel like I'm going to kind of force myself into being a stay-at-home mom for the stability purposes of my kids. And so it's just more sacrifices that I'll make if I have to. I'm willing to. But I still think our life plan doesn't align with the military. But again, at the end of the day, I can't hold that against him because this was his decision first. Not it mine. is, you were saying, you know, the real world is scary. And uh, all three of our yeah. husbands went in right after high school. This is all they know. Like that is mm-hmm. their life. And I know that Dustin, he looked into getting up jobs outside of the military community when he got out. He's been out for eight years now, I think. It's been a while. But like, <laughs> he was so scared. And I know that that was a lot of it was like, I know I'm qualified. And they would say he was overqualified because of his experience. And mm-hmm. that was super frustrating. And he applied to so many places before he got out before he finally was just like, Nope, I'm going civilian contract. It's, it's the army. <laughs> we still play the exact same game, yeah. the deployments and all that. And so we never really got away from it. And I don't regret it because we're here now. And I, I love Germany and I had this opportunity to come back to Germany, but we definitely had other plans. We were fully yeah. set on to Oregon. We were fully set on like living that outdoor life, potentially even doing camper life kind of thing. And it just didn't happen because it was just that comfort zone and going back to like, this is my experience. And he's very specialized in what he does. Like his Intel job is very, very, very specifically military. Um, so it would have been really difficult. So I understand that. Like we, we definitely yeah. had different plans for our life when we knew he was getting out and we're just kind of here in the same thing, doing the same thing. And, and like my boyfriend, when he joined, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think he saw the military as a stepping stone. He saw it as like, I don't want to do college. I want to do a skill trade. The military makes the most sense. And I don't think, I don't think anybody at 18, 19 thinks about this that far in advance, but I don't think he knew if he wanted to stay in or not. In regards, I'm not from a military family. My grandfather served in the war, but Glenn was out. But my brother, who just is graduating high school this year, is going into the Air Force Academy. And he's decided to serve the minimum you need for the academy to get his pilot training. Because he then wants to leave the military with the pilot training. So he's thought through, okay, the military is a stepping stone. Versus for us, I don't think my boyfriend knew whether it was a stepping stone or a career. You know, he was like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do it great now we're at an age and a point where it's not just him and now we have to make that decision of is this going to be a stepping stone and in what direction are you going to go maintenance are you going to go you know aircraft maintenance are you going to change your certification so you're trained to do f-16 maintenance are you going to change your certification to carrier plane maintenance are you going to do recreational like what are we doing with it then there's plenty of options you just have to narrow it down which leads and, to more training and more time in and <laughs> yeah and before that like about before that deployed I think it was we were looking at skill bridging jobs and the ones that his friends who were getting out were getting hired into suddenly stopped hiring so he had like two or three jobs he was like oh friends a b c and d went here and here and here and they're getting paid great cool I'm gonna look into that in about six months to a year oh shoot now they're not hiring I don't know what other options I have and I'm deployed. So I can't look at options. I can't do that. So now I'm going to stay in and now 
the military is throwing a new rank at me. They're throwing yeah. higher pay. They're throwing this. I might as well extend. And I think it's just now convenience to extend. I think extending for a year is a great decision with his new rank, but I don't know about the whole. Honestly, <laughs> that is like a very common thing that happens. Have that, like, especially those who come in, like, you know, I'm going to do medical field and then, you know, go like do medical training, go into the medical field, pilots go into pilots. A lot of them have that idea, but then they find that it's very difficult to get a job in the civilian market. I mean, I know Jeremy's Jeremy's cousin's husband, he was a pilot and he had a really, really hard time getting a commercial like job. You know, he ended up having to like go back into the reserves and he didn't want to do that, but he ended up going into the reserves and, you know, he does get to fly, but like, it's not exactly how he wanted it. He didn't get like his dream job. Like he, he had, I mean, you pretty much have to start at the bottom. Like, you know, you've been in your mm-hmm. career for, depending on how long you have to be in service for that, that position, sometimes it, you have to start at the bottom and a lot of them are just like, nope, I'm just going to stay in, keep going. And, you know, if I hit 20, then I don't have to finish, you know, I don't have yeah. to go into the civilian factor too. It is, it is uh-huh. something that you're already in, you're already doing it. It's a hundred percent a convenience factor. Yeah. My brother's <laughs> air force too. He's air traffic control. And so like his idea was originally because he didn't get in until he was in his mid twenties was I'm going to do this so that I get the free training and then I'm going to go civilian. <laughs> and then they sent him to Italy and he was like, oh, I love Italy. So I'm going to re-enlist and stay in Italy. And, and that it's like, I don't know if that's even something he's even considering anymore because he's also now had to do the stresses of having to learn Italian to run the air thing. And it's like a lot more than he expected, I think, after he did it for a while longer. I think, I think the decision would be a lot easier for both of us if he had been sent somewhere or changed duty stations more than once he's been at shaw his entire time he went to tech school he was in nevada he was in texas and then he's at shaw we he hasn't left shaw he's tdy for two weeks he's deployed he's at a pcs he's never gone overseas so i think if he had that experience in the six years he had already been in i think the decision would be a lot easier i think he would be like i can't stand this about the military but i love this is that six years included his training? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think so. His, his he signed a six year contract, so I assume so. Okay. Um, I think that's I, part of the contract. Maybe, I mean, I know Air Force is very different too. Like every MOS and every branch is different in terms of how many how many years you're at a duty station before you move. Like you know, yeah. most Army units, it's it's three years. So, um, yeah. I mean, we we definitely thing. know. Yeah. We definitely know we've been here for a while. Well, he's been here for a while. We know that. We don't know why. But again, yeah, we don't want that. We want to move. Yeah. Um, I think if he were to get orders, you asked about marriage the whole like while we we're waiting. I think if he were to get orders, that would push the process because I'm not moving myself again. Like I'm not doing it alone. I'm not doing it on my own dime. Well, and again it depends on that. where he goes because there are gonna be yeah. locations where, like, you know, like if you if you got orders to Alaska, like you have I mean, to, that yeah, would have, have to be 100% on your dime. I mean, obviously you can move to Alaska yeah. if you want to move to Alaska, but like in terms of anything, like you have to be on his orders. It's considered an yeah. Oak duty station. Yeah. It's definitely the lore, like, you know, the insurance, the housing mm-hmm. allowance, things like that. Like it's definitely young people join and they're like, okay, let's get married. And then, you know, sometimes marriages work, sometimes they don't. And so I feel like that's, a huge stigma for the military because you know you do have so many super young spouses like i mean mm-hmm. i think my youngest is 18 
like right now. But at the same time, it's like they don't, maybe they don't want to get married. But again, like the military accidentally forces you into yeah. that because yeah, absolutely. you can't go on the orders. And like right now, say God, like say he gets orders next week. We're, we're screwed. Like at that point, like it's on my dime or I stay here. We own this. Well, he owns this house so I could stay here. But then again, why did I move here? We're going to be long distance again. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's, it's all that of like, okay, well, I have a career here. I, I'm going to give up that career I'm, and move on my own dime. Like, it's just, it, there's so much the military doesn't let you do as a girlfriend that it forces you to get married, whether you're ready or not. And then that stigma comes along of the divorces and the young marriages because people feel boxed in because they don't have anything to count on as just yeah a it's less the benefits boyfriend. it's more the to be together situation yeah. really ends yeah. up being bad because I don't care about TRICARE like I've never been one that goes to the doctor yeah. unless I am very sick so like I didn't care whether I had insurance I you know we could have rented our own apartment that was fine but it was like he like Ashley was saying he couldn't move out of the barracks that was not an option unless we were married yeah and or he was I, a certain rank but most of those like I think it's e3 I think you have to be like an e4 yeah like in the army that that ability to get on make friends like the whole thought of that was impossible I could not until I continue to live in Colorado while he was in Hawaii it was absurd like how are we gonna have any sort of relationship because long distance is one thing but like overseas long distance is was so hard on us I mean we did it for nine months but just like there was the communication was completely lacking because he was up at different hours because the time difference is massive between Colorado and Hawaii Mm -hmm. and so just trying to live like that for nearly a year and it was just like no we've just I should also note that like but when we dealt with that though like social media was just becoming a thing like you know Facebook when when we were both in that time frame of when we were with our soldiers Facebook was still only for people who in college like you had to prove that you were in a certain college to use it so it was still just email i mean we had email and skype i think skype was really big like yeah that's what just didn't really do technology so it was just like texting and that was not working (laughs) so it was like we had to i literally got on a plane i didn't tell my mom because like we'd gotten engaged that spring when i went out there to visit him and then i got on a plane he paid for the ticket and i was like well i'm not coming back it's a it's a one-way thing we're gonna figure this out i stayed with someone that he worked with in their house until we were able to go to the court and get married. And then there was a whole process, which takes weeks. And we were poor, <laughs> tiny little 19 year olds. Like we couldn't afford to stay in the hotel or anything. So we stayed in his kid friend's kid's bedroom for weeks while we were waiting for it to get on the housing list and like all of that chaos. It's like, we didn't want that like that. That's not how we wanted it to go, but we also didn't want to not be together either. Yeah. yeah I think I to get like okay, to give the boy credit, like I don't want to rush a marriage either. Even though we've known each other our whole lives, I still like each of our relationship. But I personally don't know if he like I don't know if he's grasped grasped the fact that like he could move at any point. I mean, he knows he's not naive. He's well aware of the military how the military works. But he's been by himself in the military for so long that I sometimes wonder if it just slips his mind. Like, oh, you live here with me, we're together. He doesn't think about the possibilities Mm -hmm. of like oh next week he could get orders somewhere and I it's too late we're not married so it's like okay we've lived together for a year and a half but when we got back together I drove down to South Carolina and told him how I felt he we wasn't no lead up it was I think I still like you I still want this I want to make it happen and I want to do it for real like I don't want to 
I'm not dating you to date you. I'm dating you because I want to be with you now. Like I'm at a point in my life where I'm ready to settle down. If you are too, let's make it happen. And we did. So now I feel like saying like, oh, I want to wait for the perfect time. I want to make sure we're right. I want to wait. You almost can't at this point because we have no idea what's going to happen next week. And like I said, when we, when those lists for Korea was coming out, I was like, if you're on there, I just moved here three months ago. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? So I don't, I don't know. I see both sides of like the waiting, but I also, I don't want to rush marriage, but at this point, you never know what could happen. Well, and you've yeah, been together for so long, you're, you are missing out on those benefits to the extent of like, if you did yeah. get pregnant, like you don't have the benefits that you would get through TRICARE or- And like, we know it's working. Like, yes, I know things can work and not work. But again, we already live together. Mm-hmm. We know each other's families. Like there's not really much other firsts or things, experiences of like, you know, the people who, you know, they always say, see your spouse angry, see them sick, see them in every light. We've pretty much done everything you could do up to this point of seeing them, you know, other than having a kid or, you know, we've gone through deaths. We've gone through, you know, we both had COVID at the same time. We've gone through things. We want, we've gone through a deployment. I held, I, you know, it, it worked. I, there was no cheating. There was no distrust. It worked. So at this point, it's like we're missing out on things. And again, the paranoia and the anxiety of me is scared of what could military do. And I don't have the ability to do anything about it. Yeah. I wish I could tell you that that would change if, if you did get married. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. go away. But at there's- that point, at that point, we're married. Yeah. So I can go with or I can like. Yeah. I mean, you can dependent. go with, but like, you know, you, you still deal with the, you know, like I'm giving up my career, you know. Yeah. You but know, now you- I still have yeah. to worry about the sending myself. Like, yeah, that's the biggest thing is not knowing and not being able to go. Or not yeah. be able to do anything if I'm just a girlfriend. I'm not recognized by the military. That's and, and a I, big one. And I think you're kind of like in a different boat because like, you know, like I know like a lot of at least like, you know, because I'm 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 a what an FRG, which is like a key spouse with the Air Force here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my fiancés or girlfriends, they still live at home. You know, some of them are here locally. They met them locally type of girls. I think it's really different when you are living with that soldier and you are a girlfriend and your whole life can be completely like thrown in like a 360 if he gets orders or if he gets deployed and and you don't have that support of your family. So I definitely think that like every person, I think we, I mean, we talk about this all the time. Like you have to do what's best for you. Like if, if that means living with your soldier is the best for you and you guys are doing a great thing, like that's great. Or if it's living at home and a long distance for a short time, is great. You just have to do what's best for your guys' relationship and what's best for you. You know, we say that about for spouses who want to go home during deployments, like you have to do what's best for you. I've always kind of said, you know, don't uproot your life every single time something kind of major changes in your routine, like a deployment, because it's just harder to get back into the swing of things. But, you know, everybody's different and every every military relationship is different. So also don't compare yourself to other people. Yeah, that's a hard thing for this. There's always the stigma of the military and the military spouses and the dependas and, you know, the people who are overly eager and you hear all about the people who you all hear about the spouses who are the traditional, the one stigma, the stereotypical mm-hmm. of it. And people always say, I don't want to be another like stereotypical spouse, but there really is no, there is no stereotypical spouse because there's so many variations of people just because somebody say somebody goes home during a deployment that doesn't make them the same type of spouse as somebody else who goes home for the deployment everybody's different doing their own things and you have the bad eggs of course in every career every field everything of the people who 
marry her for the benefits or they they bring down the name of you know a military spouse and what the true supportive of it is and I don't like talking about myself with the military very publicly often because it's not my job it's not my life but at the same time it, it's our family's life so I have to talk about it to an extent it's so hard because people are so prepared to call you a dependo it's so hard to jump down your throat of like stereotypes and it's like I'm not I'm not the one serving this isn't my story this isn't my life but at the same time it is because it has to be when your members in the military. It consumes your whole life, whether you want it to or not. And that's a hard thing for people to understand, for sure. Yeah, that's kind of why I was really glad to hear that you had found somebody as a key spouse who was inclusive, because I think that that's also the very big stigma on the other side of they people just don't include the girlfriends. You're not married. You don't count. You shouldn't be getting like being around. Like you shouldn't get the information. That irks me so much. So as sad a, to me. It irks me so much because like you are just entitled to the information as anyone else. If the soldier says, "I want you to know what that information is," that's their choice, and so it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter on rank or anything like that. And. I, I hate that stigma. And I think like it's it just bothers. sad, especially when it comes to the family groups, because I get like why you can't have benefits of being on like the commissary and all that. Like I get that, but like yeah. to be able to be interacting with people who are deployed at the same time, to be able to just have the, the community where you can reach out to someone when you're having a hard time, because you still deal with the shit. You still have to do the deployments. You still have to deal with the finances. You still, especially living with them, are dealing with everything that he goes through through him yeah. and so it's not fair for people even though like you haven't been I mean you have been there you're not like the brand new girlfriend but like you should still get that support I understand the benefits but the support should still be available to whoever that is in their lifestyle because if you want them to become married or you want those relationships to last excluding that person who's important to them from the military community is not going to grow that their relationship that's yeah. like it's so yeah. hard I've listen, I've gotten very lucky in the sense of like my key spouse group is welcoming. To be fair, I haven't gone to any of the events. Like I did it to myself, but like, I don't go to the group hangouts. But on the other side of it, I'm 24 and I don't have kids. And a lot of them, a lot of the events, our kids are coming and it's a, a little bit older. A lot of my friends are older than me, but you know, the key spouses are in their 30s, which I can get along with, but I don't always want to go hang out with kids and people who are That's a different true. age range than me. Yeah. It's just not something I always want to do, but they've been very welcoming and I don't have anything bad to say about my key spouse or my squadron wives because they have been very welcoming. And then I have my small set of friends who all their husbands are in. And then it gets to the point where because I'm young and a girlfriend, I feel so juvenile calling a girlfriend. I hate it because it's like, when you say girlfriend, it's like, oh, I see her like twice a week going out for dinner. Like, no, like, like we're like adulting this shit. Like others. Yeah. yeah I sure. live with him. Like I wash his underwear. Like I, I deserve, <laughs> like, God, like, you know what I mean? Like when you say girlfriend, when you're young, it sounds so juvenile and just breaking out of that. Like, no, like we've been together for a while. Like this is like, we're doing this. It's not just like we're testing the waters. Well, and I, I think it's important. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's important to say there are trends. People, there was trends of everyone getting married really young, and then now there's a trend that you know people are waiting. Like they may be partners for years, and then they're getting married later down, like when they're ready to. Like there's no, there's no rush to do it. But like you know, we weddings all just... are also so expensive. Oh yeah, we didn't like, even have them. We ended up eloping. So so expensive. Uh, <laughs> 
I mean, I mean, technically we had it planned. We post, we postponed it. We eloped. We did like the like, courthouse. We went to the beach and got married and then we were going to do it again. But then military life happens and you can never really fully, especially during, we got married in 2010. So that was still kind of the height of like Iraq and Afghanistan war. They were still deploying 12 months at a time. So it really depends on also what's happening as well. Like, you know, are you guaranteed to get leave during your wedding week? Mm-hmm. You may, you may not be. So especially if you're someone who has a soldier who's already in it and you're not going through being married before they join the services. So I, I think well, it's the whole, when the whole thing happened with Russia and Poland, yep. like back in last spring, we were on like 72 hour watch. So it was like, are you coming home from work today? Or are you leaving? Like bag checks were happening every week for just like possible emergency leaving. So the jets were being prepped and he was sure if he was going or not. And I was like, that was, the, that was one of the last times recently that I've panicked about not being married of like, yeah, and I'm not part of this, really. We uh, here have been a part of the active, act, the rapid activation. So my husband, yeah. like, you know, if you've been a listener, you've know that he's rapidly deployed within a two, like has had a two hour recall notice three times in the last two, three years since 2020. So the last two and a half years. And I could not imagine doing that as a girlfriend or a fiance. Yeah, um, it was stressful. It was a yeah. lot. And I'm thank God he didn't go then. He went a few months later and we had about three or two to three months notice before he left. But yeah. I was like, oh my God, we're not married. Like, so now <laughs> I kind of like jokingly put a rule into place, but I'm kind of serious. I would like a ring on the finger before the next contract's signed. Like, I don't need a marriage, but I at least want to like fiance status for my own mental health <laughs> if you're going to sign another contract. Because I think we're stupid, first of all, not to. We've been doing that for so long. We know things are working. I already live here. It's kind of stupid not to if you're going to sign over four years. At this point, we're not like second week dating. But at the same time, like, I don't want to rush him. But again, August of this year is when his contract ends. So that's plenty of time. For those who are listening who are girlfriends, you can be engaged. <laughs> for I'm like as close as I can to my mic. You can be engaged for as long as as you want it is yeah. not a ring on my finger and you are married within a year you no. can be engaged for two years three years five years heck i've known someone who was engaged for eight years and then they finally got married because they were just i mean like yeah. a family member they were just they were just content living together now they weren't military so they didn't have all that to deal with but you know just because you get engaged yes it gives you a peace of mind saying like yes okay we're committing like we are moving exactly step to get married and it's kind of a peace of mind, like you're saying, like, you know, I want that on my ring, just so my, from a mental Yeah. Health. I joined this relationship when your contract was already signed for six years. I came into this relationship knowing you were serving a six-year contract, not knowing what's happening after that. But now that six years is up and there's up in the air, I'm now, I don't think I necessarily come priority because, again, military was his career first, but it's not just you anymore. So, like, you have to think about the fact that now it's you and me and our three dogs and our house and our, like, all of that. We have our own family we've created. And I used to work in the wedding industry before I moved. I worked for a wedding photographer. I used to model wedding dresses. I've been involved in the wedding community for a while. So, yes, I want that wedding. But I also know how expensive it is because I've been in the industry. And I know the military recognizes marriage, not fiancés. I understand that. But I kind of need that commitment from him at, like, you're signing another contract to the military. Where's your contract to me, in a sense? Like, where's your where's your commitment of saying, I can't control what the military does to us, 
but I can control what you and I do. I just think that's, again, I'm never going to force him into it. I'm not trying to make an ultimatum. I'm not that kind of person, but I think it's a fair thing. We've talked about it. So fingers crossed by August. (laughs) Yeah, I think it is a fair, that's a fair bargain. And I would guess signing a new contract, the the chance of him moving is going to go up exponentially anyway. So to be on those orders, because I mean, what if something like Europe comes up? It is such a great experience. This is my second tour here and we love it. And I can't imagine yeah. if he was like, I got orders, like, this is, um, we'll see if we can get married when I come back on the leave. We just, and- <laughs> we just looked over his, like, dream list of, like, his, like, if he could pick his assignment list kind of thing, which we know isn't always how it works. But we we looked at it recently, and, like, I put my opinion in. Like, we put, like, opinions for us down with, like, Alaska and Italy and Korea and, like, whatever. Like, we put where we would want to go, not where he would want to go. So how am I supposed to go with you over there if we're not married? Okay, I so can't. you're going to have to be married if you want to go to Alaska. So like, yeah, exactly. I know that. I'm not naive. I'm well aware of that fact. So it's like, okay, why are we looking at our dream list if it's just you on the order? <laughs> like, that's not how this works. Because that would be awful to so. try to plan. You'd either have to do, like, a wedding yeah. the week of the move, kind of, like, getting out and go, or, yeah. yeah, wait for him to come back and have a wedding, which would be... It's just... It's just crazy. I never thought I was going to be like a military like spouse, girlfriend. Like I never saw it in my cards. Like I said, we dated for about a year in high school. Things happened. Next thing you know, you know, I was dating other people. He's had one or two like relatively serious girlfriends. Like I've been in like long term relationships before, like between the times. So it was never in my head of like, oh, eventually I'm going back. It was just, it happened. And, you know, I'm so grateful for how our relationship redeveloped. Like, you know, I was in a low place in my life. I lost a close family member to me and he stepped up and he was that person. And so I feel like I'm doing everything I can to step up and be that person for him throughout the military. Cause I missed out on the stuff he went through before me. This deployment wasn't hard. It was, I mean, it was hard for the distance, but it wasn't scary. He was in Saudi Arabia. But when he was in Afghanistan, you know, I've heard all about how scary it was. And he went through some really traumatic things. And I'm devastated that he had to go through it alone and that he didn't have me or a person there to really support him other than his family who did amazing. But he didn't have that person. And so it's hard to support somebody for the military knowing that you're not recognized in the military. It's a hard thing to come to terms with of. I want to be here for my person. I'm going to do everything I can for my person. He's the one actively serving, not me. It's not our rank. It's not any of that bullshit. It's you. But yet at the same time, the people that I'm trying to support you with don't even recognize me as who I am in your life and as how supportive and how big of a part of my life I am. And that's that's a hard thing mentally to process as somebody in that point and knowing that like, you don't technically matter to your significant other's work. You know, it, yeah. it, it doesn't matter to them. And I'll have kids, so that doesn't matter either. And it's hard well, to process at times. I think it's, I think that's really great. And that's why you came, we had you on and we wanted to have a girlfriend on the show was to kind of speak for that silent part of the community because the military family should be inclusive to everybody. We've talked to military moms before, which is also kind of falls in that same category like when they're single, they still get that information. Those single soldiers, they, they generally are the point of contact as the mom. But once they get married, they just become that invisible part of the military community who, if they don't have a relationship with the spouse, also just loses all the contact and the 
the mm -hmm. information that was being given to them from the beginning of their kid's career. So this was nice to have a different perspective of, hey, like we're here and we, we feel like we should still be supported from the community. And maybe some of the spouses who have in the past overlooked the girlfriends and kind of just pushed that to the side will maybe hear this episode and be like, hey, how can I support you? Um, I know you're part of our group. Can we start getting you to come to events? Can we... Well even and if it's, we just talk to you that, more. They were all there at some point. I mean, maybe they're, they were with their soldier beforehand, but like their experience isn't any different than yours experience. So like they, there really shouldn't be a like divide down the line between. And I, I understand like when it's like a new girlfriend, like, okay, how long is this one going to last? Like I, I get it of like the people who get in relationships quick and then they, you know, get married quick or they get out or the people who go through girls or guys quickly. I get that. You don't want to necessarily bring everybody in if they're not serious. But at a certain point, you have to look at the writing on the wall and see, okay, this person is doing whatever they can to get involved to support their airmen or their military member, male or female. And so we should support them back. If they're actively, if a girlfriend or boyfriend is actively trying to get information, actively trying to get included, there's no reason to stop them from being included. I can understand, again, if they're not wanting to be or you don't know them because they don't come around. I get maybe not knowing what to do but if they're actively trying let them in <laughs> we're trying out here <laughs> well thank you for coming on it's been really nice it's it's it was nice to kind of step back into my history and think like wow I do remember <laughs> being that like it's been a long time ago but I remember I remember the struggle and the long distance and the just why we we rushed into the things that we did because we didn't have that support that we needed in our life um so it's Good to see that you guys are out there still, there's girlfriends, and that you want to be so supportive. I think that that's super amazing that you're kind of trying to be active in the community. So I'm glad that you came on. It was wonderful to meet you. So we're excited that you guys will get to know a little bit more of our community. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate you guys having me on. It was fun. And uh, like I said, I think girlfriends should get a place too. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, we will be back with a new episode in February, whatever that ends up being. We will be back with some resources for entrepreneurs next month, as well as some other relationship advice stuff that we're going to be talking to another fantastic viewer for. So I hope that you guys have a great end of the January and we will see you in February. And as we like to say, rock up, buttercup.